morning. How are y'all doing? Good? The rest of y'all doing okay? Whew. It's been a busy week. I'm tired, and I'm probably going to fall asleep this afternoon. I've earned my nap. Um, we are excited. Um, well, welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. Welcome visitors. We're glad that you're here. Um, this morning is uh, our, our stewardship celebration, uh, and I will ask you for money. Uh, just want to warn you. Um, no. <laughs> But we also have a stewardship lunch uh, following the service down in Hanover Hall. Um, we have been working very hard on that renovation and preparing that, and um, it's ready, and we're ready to go. Guess what's not working today and ready to go? <laughs> uh, the short of it is, I don't know, but it'll be addressed. Um, so yes, feel free. If it were just movement, right? Like, there's just no circulation. I just don't understand that. But it's not what I went to school for. So, um, But glad that you're here. I'm glad that it's not 100 degrees outside. Um, for those, everyone is welcome to the lunch, whether you have RSVP'd or not. I promise you we have plenty of food. For those that need the elevator, the elevator is working. Yay. The air conditioning is not, but the elevator is. Um, <laughs> you can't have it all, folks, all right? Sorry. Um, a, a couple of announcements that I, what did you say? She said, are you going to get on? Me neither. No. No, as we talked about in the elders meeting, like, if your knees are even half working, like, you know. No, it's, we've tested it. Ryan and I tested it. It's working. Until it's not working, and that's the problem. All right, all right, moving on. I do want to bring, good morning, come on in. I do want to bring your attention to several of announcements in your insert. Um, on the other side, you've got prayer through the halls. If you can, it looks really good when it's printed in color, but challenging to read, I realize, in black and white. Um, but next Sunday is a fifth Sunday worship experience. We will start worship in here. And then we will break into groups, don't worry, it'll be well organized, and we will move our way through praying through different sacred spaces and giving our blessing to different spaces here in the church. So again, we'll start in here, and then we'll, we'll go around, we'll move around, and then we'll end in here and have communion and prayer to close up. So just want to mentally prepare you for that. Um, those who are differently abled or might physically uh, feel like you can't move, there will be an opportunity to just remain in this sacred space um, and give your prayers to, for all the spaces um, uh, in, in our building. So um, I also just want you to want to point out the Because I Love You luncheon. Um, I don't want to take up too much time to talk about it, and I just want you to bring your attention to it. Um, and, and put it in front of your face so that when you receive other correspondence via email that you are aware. Um, we are partnering with Honoring Choices Virginia, which helps with um, advanced um, care planning, which, as I've learned in my advocacy, when I went to an advocacy training, everyone who is above 18 years or old should be doing advanced care planning for medical directives. Um, and so we have partnered with them to learn more about this. 
Um, and so I invite you to this luncheon on October 13th in Hanover Hall to learn more about that. So that's enough there. Um, and then I'm going to pass it off to Pat for a district assembly announcement. District assembly will be held here October 6th in the afternoon. And for, you, for those of you who do not know about that, that consists of all the churches that are in our area and they will be coming here to worship and we'll have a combined choir and we need to serve dinner. So we need people to sign up to make chili, um, to make dessert and bread. Yes. And there's a sign up sheet out in the hall. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Mm -hmm. um, there's more information uh, about what District 7 Assembly is. If you're kind of new to the disciples and you're wondering, wondering um, you can read more about that. Um, also, our call to action this month, um, we have a call to action each month that is uh, sponsored by Outreach, um, that, that is collecting, uh, it's an effort to collect specific items for a specific organization, usually targeted, um, uh, just very specific, like what are the needs of certain organizations. This month is ACTS. Um, which is a nonprofit that helps serve people on the edge of poverty, trying to keep them out of homelessness and, and losing their home. They have, Liz said she got a call, an urgent need for toiletries. So any toiletry items, you can collect that. We've been collecting it through September, and we're going to keep collecting it through October. Is that correct? correct? So bring your toiletries. So um, that's enough announcements. So... There we go. Let us do our um, gathering song, which is a new song, fairly new song for me. I picked this one because we're actually sing it, singing it at the District 7 worship service. So I thought it would behoove us to learn it now. Um, so I invite us to stand up. It's on page 38. You're probably, you might need your book, your hymnal. That's what I mean by your book. Do you mind playing it through? Here we go. Clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God. Clap your hands, all you people. Here we go. Up your hands, all you people, shout as the God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all you people, shout as the God with the voice of faith. Hosanna, Hosanna, shout as the God with the voice of triumph.
remain standing. Good morning. And I heard some good singing out there. We need you in the choir. Please, we'll set up extra chairs. It'd be great. Come on out. 9.30 Sunday mornings. Please join me in the call to worship as written in your bulletin. O oh God, creator and sustainer of all life. <clears throat> we come giving the funds, time, and gifts God has given us. <clears throat> Trusting that in our upside-down life of the gospel... We give joyfully as an act of our faith, trusting you, great God. Please remain standing for our opening hymn for Beauty of Meadow on page 696. Remain standing, please, for our confession. Merciful God, forgive us, we pray. All the times we have turned away Forgive us, O oh God. Teach us how to forgive each other and help us to forgive ourselves. 
Amen. God's steadfast love never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. We are forgiven and free. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. You may be seated. Our first reading is from Exodus 35, 4 through 11, and 20 through 22. Moses said to all the congregation of Israelites, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you an offering to the Lord, that whoever is of a generous heart Bring the Lord's offering, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, and fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod, as a breastpiece. Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing, and brought the Lord's offering to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the sacred vestments. So they came, both men and women, all who were willing of a willing heart brought brooches and earrings, 
signet rings and pendants and all sorts of gold objects, everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. The word of the Lord. together this morning that was really good y'all just like that was your first rehearsal was this morning way to go choir (laughs) 
Our second scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 through 15. But since you excel in everything, in faith and in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that, that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. The word of the Lord. Now, before I officially begin my sermon, I want you to write down three words about what you experience here at 7th Street Christian Church. If you don't have a pen, just think about it, but there should be some. Sorry, choir, I didn't prepare y'all. But think about three words or phrases about what you experience here at 7th Street Christian Church. And in a second column, or somewhere else on the paper, or somewhere else in your mind, I want you to think about three more words or phrases of what you want to experience someday here at 7th Street Christian Church. Maybe we're not there yet, and we have work to do. I want, what are those three words or phrases? Y'all got that? All right, I'm moving on. 
Several years ago, I remember hearing a story about a couple who annually renews their wedding vows. And now, the practice of renewing one's wedding vows is, is not new, but it's usually held for really big years, right? Like 10 years, or 20 years, or 50 years. But this couple chooses to renew their vows every year of their anniversary. Because like every couple, while there is deep love, no couple knows what they are getting into on their wedding day. And therefore, no idea what they are promising in the days and years ahead. There is no concept of what in sickness or in health really means. Clouded by naivete and bright-eyed optimism or simple lack of experience, few can possibly see what lies ahead in a marriage and how they will weather both the calm and the storms. So this couple, knowing this, chooses to review and to rewrite and to repeat their vows each year, allowing the words to shepherd them through the milestones of life together, re-anchoring them to the promises that they make to each other, and guiding their way through the upcoming year. This is how stewardship season feels like to me. And particularly this day. It's like we've made it to the vow, vow, vow renewal day. We've made it to the day of consecration Sunday or celebration Sunday or stewardship Sunday, whatever we want to call it where we specifically ask what you can financially give in the year to come. I'll admit that I don't quite like the analogy of equating specifically financial gifts to our Christian commitments to the church. But in a world where money is time and money talks, where we invest our financial resource, where we invest our financial resources says something about our commitments. If we spend our disposable income on boats and bigger houses, on nicer cars, over saving it or sharing it, says something about our commitments. If we spend money without prioritizing paying our bills, says something about our commitments. And this isn't a judgment. How we share our money tells the story of what is important to us. When someone chooses to give to, say, the Susan G. Komen over the ALS Association or the National Parkinson's Foundation, it doesn't mean that the other two organizations aren't good. It may just mean that a person has a personal connection to breast cancer. 
When someone gives, say, to the University of Richmond and not to VCU or Virginia Tech, it may be because they are alums of the university. How we share our money tells the story of what is important and valuable and a priority for us. Now, I was doing some digging, and I am pleased to share that we are one of the most generous countries in the world. In the latest Gallup poll, Americans gave $410 billion in 2017. Now, more than ever, we are pulled in so many different directions when it comes to giving. We give our universities, we give to local nonprofits like maybe Caritas, we give to hurricane relief, we give to our church, hopefully. And this is significant because the price of college education has doubled since 1989. Eight times faster than wages. So the amount of, say, disposable income for Generation X and Millennials is much lower. But in a church generosity study, most people give to over three organizations. And as I was sharing earlier with some people, 60 to 88 percent, which is a rather large margin, I thought, of millennials give. And while their capacity is not as much as boomers, the percentage of those that give is significantly higher. All this to say is that Stewardship Sunday is a lot like a vow renewal. Today, as we have been for several weeks, we reevaluate our commitment to the church. It's a spiritual commitment, it's a time and talent commitment, and yes, it is a financial commitment. The Bible actually has a lot to say about stewardship and fundraising. We heard a little bit in what Pam read in Exodus. And what you may not realize is that Moses is in the midst of a kind of capital campaign for the temple. He was asking to bring a lot of crazy stuff. And the campaign is actually so successful that later in the reading, he has to restrain people from giving more. <coughs> may we have this problem. But we can read a lot of other um, biblical uh, texts about financial stewardship in 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, in Nehemiah, and in Luke. And Paul, Paul has a great deal of comfort in asking for money. In Philippians, in 1 Timothy, and as we heard, in Corinthians. And our story today, and what you may not know from just the portion that was read, is that Paul is collecting money 
from a Gentile Christian church in Corinth for a Jewish Christian church in Jerusalem. What we should remember is that the early church was divided between those who believed one had to first become Jew in order to become a follower of Jesus, and those who believed that Gentiles could be welcomed into the way of Christ without first becoming a Jew. So you have Paul asking for money for a community, while poor, who would potentially see these Gentile Christian givers as second-class citizens. But the Corinth church has already pledged their support for this other church, and Paul is there to remind them and encourage them to pay up. He doesn't seem to have any problems in his appeal to do this, as a matter of fact, I would argue he seems to employ some pushy tactics of banter and comparison. But regardless, I think we can learn some things from Paul. He has reminders to this community in Corinth and to us when it comes to sharing our financial resources. The first one is pretty simple sarcastic banter of point, the way I read it. If Corinth is so good at so many things of faith and in speech and in knowledge and in earnestness and in the love, why not excel in the giving too? It's true. We excel in a lot of things here at 7th Street Christian Church in caring for each other, in outreach, in sharing our space, why not strive to excel in giving too? May we have the same problems as Moses had. Second, we give to follow in the steps of Jesus, who gave so others could experience richness. Now this particular church or this particular verse seems to be popular among the prosperity gospel mega pastors those who push a teaching that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. Let me just say on the record no. No. And for three reasons. Faith is not self-generated spiritual force that leads to prosperity. Prayer is not a tool to force God into giving us things. And because we don't give in order to gain material compensation for God. The richness Paul is referring to is the richness of what it feels like to be acknowledged, to be healed, to be fed. The richness of having hope in a world where you have been forgotten. 
The richness is that a powerful God becomes incarnate to walk with us. Christ made others rich by giving out of the nothing he had to give. And this is something to think about, at least for me. When I hold back more than I could, when I hold back an extra dollar for a tip, when I think nothing of spending $5 on a coffee drink, but think twice on what I can give to hurricane relief or flood remediation downstairs or even the poor on the street. So if Christ can give out of his emptiness, surely we can give out of our, out of our fullness. Third, willingness is all that matters. Paul says, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. If you have it, give it. You don't need to compare or be concerned about what others are giving and what you are not. Do not worry about what you gave in years past or how you wish you could give more. There is no coercion here. There is no hazing into the body of Christ. Paul just reminds us that this is a joyful vision of God's abundant love and an invitation into our freedom to be generous. We can take this stewardship advice from Paul and apply it really to any giving opportunity. But today... I'm having to make a case for why the church? Why Christian charity over secular charity? As I mentioned about the division of the Jewish Christian church and the Gentile Christian church, Paul is striving to show that by giving, both communities are strengthened in the reciprocal ministry of Christ. This is a theological act, and one that extends beyond just these two communities, but is a demonstration that through Christ, there is a different way. In giving to the church, we make this same theological statement. We bear testimony to the abundant and overflowing gift that God has given us in Christ, and and to the freedom that we are granted to participate in God's bounty. In a world that creates opposition between the have and the have-nots, and us versus them, in giving to the church, we bear testimony to divine riches received in spiritual poverty, calling the poor to the spiritual orientation appropriately corresponding to their material condition, and the rich, both to their responsibility to and their need to follow the example of the poor. In giving to the church, we proclaim that as the church, as the body of Christ, where there is brokenness in this world, we will cross class, 
and socioeconomic boundaries. We will question the status quo, working to hold people accountable and hold people together in loving community. When we give to the church, we proclaim we want others to experience what we experience here. I want you to think about those first three things that you wrote down. When we give to the church, and when you give to 7th Street Christian Church, we get to continue next week what we did this past week. I was able to do pastoral visits and meet and talk with prospective members. Through, I guess, me, kind of, I was able to help a woman who is experiencing homelessness and get connected with people who can help her. And the experience allowed me to learn about a new ministry that helps people experience homelessness and provide this worship experience. And Jamie, our children and youth uh, director, she is able to provide children an, an, an enjoyable wandering through worship experience. And this week, a hundred new music students started learning a new instrument at Greenspring. And 25 new adult students were learning to read at the Reed Center downstairs in Hanover Hall. And a new ensemble, a brass ensemble, was able to meet and rehearse here. And 40-plus people last night attended an AA meeting. And this week, a lot of time was spent placing the finishing touches on Hanover Hall, yet another aspect of our stewardship. When you give to 7th Street Christian Church, we are able to continue to do those things. When we give to the church, we proclaim the desire, the want, and the will that we will work together to achieve what we desire ourselves and others to experience in the future here at 7th Street Christian Church. What did you write down? What were those three things that you thought about and wrote down that you hope that we get to achieve for others to experience? So today, on this Stewardship Sunday, will you renew your proclamation of faith to Christ and the church? And what are your renewed vows to 7th Street Christian Church? How can and will we shepherd these vows through the milestones of our Christian life together, re-anchoring ourselves to the promises that we make to each other and to God as we work and move toward the beloved community of God in 2020? May our gifts strengthen us, and may we be generous like God is generous. Amen. I invite us to respond in song as we stand and sing our hymn of commitment, Restless Weaver. We will sing verses 1, 3, and 4, and the hymn is found on page 658.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we pray for those in the Gulf Coast suffering from flooding, for those in the Bahamas and Bermuda recovering from hurricanes. Lord, help us to always be aware of all your creatures and the woes and the ills they suffer. We especially remember those a part of or associated with our congregation and pray for compassion for and with them. Lord, give us the strength and desire to discern your will. Give us the wisdom and willingness to listen for your expressions of our duty. Give us the compassion and love to act on that which we discern and hear. For all of these things, we most humbly pray in your name, in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know that you necessarily... Oh, were y'all supposed to pray after that? I'm sorry. We'll pray. Y'all want to pray? Y'all want to say? I'll sing with you. I don't know that you need another offering reminder. I think I spent 20 minutes doing that. It was enough. So I will share a bit more direction. During this time of invitation, you are invited to give your regular offering as well as fill out your pledge for 2020 and drop it in the offering plate. New this week... Our laminated cards that you may see in um, the rows. Choir, we'll get you some up here. They are um, opportunities. We realized, Jamie Babzak and I were talking and realized that, that giving looks different these days. And a lot of people don't carry checkbooks around. And a lot of us actually give online. Um, but yet when the, when the offering plate passes by us, there's nothing to put in there. And so we have laminated cards that say, I give online. And now you can tangibly put something in that offering plate. And those that perhaps don't have a financial gift but give in other ways, um, there are also um, laminated cards for you to write in maybe something that you did give of your time and your talent, not only to the church but perhaps your community. And you are invited to drop that into the offering plate as well. So deacons, I ask that pass the trays down every single row. Friends, don't be scared to connect with our offering. Pray over it. 
May they strengthen God's church, and may these gifts strengthen us, and may they strengthen others. We have an invitation to be generous like God is generous.
God, bless these offerings and intentions. Give us hearts of compassion, unselfish concern, and loving care, that all may have the abundant life which is your will. When we offer what we have, we know that in your hands there is enough and to spare. O Lord of the hungry crowd and the twelve baskets left over, amen. You may be seated. Welcome back, guys. Do they have any offerings? Okay, not right now. That's cool. All right. <laughs> well, as you can see, I took the liberty to set up a different communion table this week. I think one of God's greatest gifts to us, especially for Christians, is the gift of presence that we have from Jesus. And I realized, and for those that are visiting, our air conditioning has been out in here, much, well, like it is today, and we have been worshiping in the parlor over the last couple months. And that experience for many of us, and particularly me, was really powerful. As we were closer together, we were able to connect with each other, to really feel Christ's presence among us. We were singing really well, like it sounded good. And I gave praise to God for that presence of community. And last week, the air conditioning was officially back on, and we are back in here. And, and I have to admit, I was a little sad because it felt so distant, and particularly at communion. When the communion table is set so far back there, and I'm sure it makes a lot of sense when there's 300 people worshiping in this space. So what I give thanks for and what I want us to think about is how we can create the spiritual presence of Christ, experiencing that in a very physical way here during communion. I am grateful that we can be together in this space, that we can see, I can see all of you. I give thanks for that, and I hope you will give thanks too. Let us share in our communion hymn, Oh for a World, page 683.
As we gather around the table, we remember that Jesus gathered with his friends, his disciples, and he blessed the bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and poured it out and blessed it and said to them, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins poured to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends and visitors, in a moment we will come forward to partake of communion by intinction. You are invited to take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and partake of both elements together. Please know that here at 7th Street Christian Church, each and every person is invited to this table. Let us pray and give thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day where we can gather here in this house of worship. And thank you for your son Jesus and his life of teaching. Please, bless this bread and let it provide nourishment for our bodies so that we may go out into the world and do the work of love and hope.
Let us pray. Creator God, your abundant love sustains all that you have made. Grant us the wisdom of your Son, Jesus, and the fruit of your Spirit, that we may live generous and thankful lives, carefully collaborating and sharing with you in the purposes of the heavens in the name of the most generous Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Let us stand and sing our closing hymn, Accept, O God, the Gifts We Bring. It's found on page 379, and we will sing it twice. Before the benediction, just a reminder that we are having um, a celebration lunch downstairs in Hanover Hall. Uh, the elevator is working. It is about 20 degrees cooler down there than it is in here. Um, there are egg-free and gluten-free options. And you should see Hanover Hall because it looks pretty phenomenal. So if you can't stay, at least peek downstairs because um, it looks pretty darn good. Now receive this benediction. Go now and invest your lives in the works of faith. 
Make a name for yourselves for generosity and compassion. Fulfill God's holy law by putting love into action as eagerly for others as you would for yourselves. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.